0: Ladies and gentlemen, the handlebar is located right here in Chico, California, and is, in my humble opinion, one of the greatest spots in Chico, California, to grab a cold beer or a nice bit of food any day of the week. They also have a happy hour all seven days of the week from 2 to 6 p.m., where you get a dollar off every single one of their amazing draft beers. If you've never been, they're located at 2070 East 20th Street on the south end of town by Winco and Best Buy. Again, that's the handlebar right here in Chico. Go check them out. Why don't we begin? To everyone we hope you
1: enjoy This is Fresh Hop
0: Cinema. Hello and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast based in Chico, California. My name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back. This week on the show, we have our review of Black Widow. It's the newest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which follows Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff, or Black Widow, on a fast and furious adventure as she traips across the globe to put a stop to a global threat while pursuing what she's always needed in her life, family.
1: I don't know if you can say Fast and the Furious. I'm pretty sure that's trademarked. <laughs> We're going to get a cease and desist.
0: But how close is that to like a Fast and Furious uh, plotline? Like, Across the globe, there's a threat, and we need, to, we need to become a family again. Like, this could have been Fast and Furious, just based on that sentence.
1: Totally. <laughs> uh, and on the beer side, I'm super stoked. It's lager slash crispy boy week. We are drinking two beers from one of my favorite breweries, Wayfinder Beer, out of Portland in Oregon. We're doing a Kolsch-style ale and a Hell's kzfr listeners you're going to hear the first beer review and the spoiler free portion of the movie so do not worry we're not going to spoil anything but max
0: yeah so if you're listening on kzfr and then the show's over and you're like wait a minute what about all the rest of the stuff don't even fright your little hearts you can find this full episode plus more than 200 other film and beer conversations dating all the way back to 2016 at any of the following places
1: you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, etc. If you have a smartphone or a computer, you can get us in your ears. If you like what you're hearing, listen to the rest of the show. New episodes drop every Friday morning, 7 a.m. sharp. If you like it, rate us, review us anywhere you're listening. It helps us out. Helps spread the word of the Fresh Hop Cinema. That's right.
0: If you want to tell all your friends how cool you are for listening to our show, we are on social media. You can tag us. You can tag your friends. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterbox. We're on Untapped. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. All of that at Fresh Hop Cinema, or you can check out our website at
1: www.freshhopcinema.com. If you want to email us in with a a video of you reviewing a beer, a voicemail, or just a strongly worded paragraph, that's fine too. FHCcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Tell us your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, whatever you like. It's been a long day for both of us
0: in various capacities, and you and I just sat down to record our bonus episode for Patreon this week, and we just, we did it old-fashioned style where we just kind of hit record and kind of see what falls out of our mouths. Um, So we talked a little bit about some Peaky Blinders, which I've been watching recently. We talked, we talked about a lot of stuff. I won't spoil it now because that would sort of de-incentivize people from joining, but uh, for those that don't know what Patreon is, Johnny, would you please enlighten them?
1: Yeah, it's essentially a way that you can help keep this podcast happening for as little as a buck a week. Uh, More if you like. You can keep this thing going. We provide bonus content. Ideally, every week when we have time, we try and put out a bonus mini podcast episode. We cover all kinds of stuff. Sometimes we just get on and and chit-chat and catch up. Sometimes we talk about movie-related stuff. We do top five lists quite often that are really fun. We're going to be getting back into our uh, cinema education series where we talk about different roles in movie production and all kinds of fun things like that. Like, you ever wonder what a best boy is? I have. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find out eventually because I'm going to ask Max. So <laughs> if that sort of thing sounds fun, it's fun for us to do. And if you like what you're hearing uh, and you want more of it, check it out. Patreon.com slash Fresh Cinema.
0: That's exactly right. Okay. With that said, sir, it is time for beer. You mentioned that wayfinder beer out of Portland is one of one of your favorite breweries. I have never had their beer before. And in fact, I don't think I've ever even seen their stuff, but when you delivered those cans today, I looked at them and I thought, yeah, this looks like something Johnny would be into. So Mm -hmm. give me some background. What is, what is wayfinder? When did you first have them? Um, what's your relationship with those beers? Like,
1: Yeah. So you've actually had their beer. We did it last year in July. You can go ahead and pull that up and (laughs) and reference that to refresh your memory. Just Google this podcast and Wayfinder beer. Can I just say that for the record,
0: I would, a a more dishonest host might edit this out, but I will not because I believe in calling (laughs) and, you know, being called out when I am wrong. And I feel so bad for forgetting their beer. I'm so sorry, Wayfinder.
1: That's right. It was a year ago. and, And like I do with every brewery that we do, I try and wait at least a year before we get them back on the show. Sometimes that doesn't happen, and I need to do a brewery sooner, or I just like their beer so much they get on the show sooner. Uh, but it just so happened that um, it was time, and these were readily available and very fresh and coming with high recommendations from Andy at SNS. Uh, Wayfinder got on my radar probably within the last two years about a year and a half ago i'd say roughly six months before we started or before we did them on the show Mm -hmm. in july last year i I had been aware of them because they started getting some limited distribution here started seeing some of their stuff and then uh, i believe keith beck brought some back from portland uh and really just fell in love with like their west coast ipas they're doing really solid clear ipas and just If you know me, that's my jam. So I I gravitated towards them. Plus, I like their artwork a lot. They've got a really cool aesthetic. And they also do a ton of collaborations with bands that I like. They've done collaborations with Red Fang, with uh, Russian Circles, and quite a few other bands. So super stoked on these guys. And again, they're in Portland. So I'm going to be visiting them next time I'm up there. Probably go visit the family and Keith Beck. But yeah, so that's kind of how they got on my radar and I know that you know that I love Crispy Boys, Yeah, and it is that time of year. It is Crispy Boy season. It's in full swing, and I'm here for it. I'm ready for it, and these are two really good, I'm hoping, representations of amazing summer beers. And what better time to do it than right in the middle of July, dead of summer, Let's do some crispy boys. Yeah. So first real,
0: one real quick to wipe the egg off my face. Um, like you said, it was last July we covered their beer. We did a beer called Relapse. It's a cold IPA. We did that on episode 182, which we paired with the film Palm Springs, which we both also really liked. Um, and for the record, we both really liked that relapse cold IPA. Both of us rated at least eight or higher. So if you want to go back and listen, again, episode one hundred eighty two. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: And also, yeah, watch Palm Springs if you didn't. That yeah, was a really yeah. good movie from last year. Yeah, I agree. Great one. All right, so the first beer we're doing is called Collapse, spelled K-O-L-L-A-P-S. Pretty fun way to spell that. It's a (laughs) Kolsch-style ale. It's 4.7% with 20 international bitterness units. As you may know, the city of Cologne on the Rhine Mm -hmm. River in western Germany is renowned for its Kolsch beer. Although it utilizes a top-fermenting ale yeast, Kolsch is fermented relatively cold and further cold-conditioned. The Purity Law of 1516 outlaws using any wheat in lager beer but since it's an ale kolsch uses up to 20 percent. it ends up being very clear and yellow with a slightly fruity aroma and sharp crispiness that i assume is from their website i just know for sure that it's in my notes
0: yeah it was from untapped and what i was confused about is they kept listing it like you just said they said and sometimes in this is not clear if you're not reading this description but kolsch is sometimes in quotes and sometimes it's not and i am assuming they mean their kolsch uses up to 20% wheat, which is why it's called a Kolsch-style ale, not a true Kolsch, but I'm not totally. positive. I don't know why they wouldn't have said collapse uses up to 20%, um, but that's what I'm
1: assuming they mean. Yeah. So it's not a traditional um, Kolsch because it doesn't follow the ooh, Go for it. extra bonus points, the Ryan
0: Rheinheistabot is what I would say. I never pronounce it right, but I think we're, uh, yeah. people that know, know what we're trying to say.
1: Yeah, the German purity law of 1516. So it yeah. doesn't follow like to the letter that. So they have to, probably that's why they do that. They call it a Kolsch style ale. But hey, whatever. It's really good. Have you tried it? Yeah, I just had my first sip. Also, before I forget, in case somebody from Wayfinder
0: does hear this, I want to know where, where the spelling comes from of this Y K O L L A P S. Just curious. I couldn't find anything. So I'd like to know.
1: Maybe because um, Kolsch starts with K.
0: Yeah, but then why not spell the rest of it the way you'd spell the word collapse? You know, it's still missing an E. They just left off the E. I guess, uh-huh. um, but I did try it, man. I, I really dig it so far. I've had, I'm still kind of washing a little bit of taste of coffee out of my mouth. So I had tried to have some water very slyly, but I'm still getting that. So I don't want to give my feedback just yet, but you've
1: had it as well. I have, it's really good. It's super like gentle on the palate. It's really, really light. I mean, it's, It's a Kolsch. If you've had a lot of Kolschs, you'll know what you're kind of in for when you pick up this style. And this is is right there with the best of them. This is light, fluffy, crushable, just a little tiny dash of sweet, but nice and dry, nice and juicy, like mouth-watering. Not juicy, but like that crispy, juicy, like just makes you want to keep drinking it. This is a massively crushable beer, highly quaffable. Some would say
0: some would, I I would say that as well, man. It's really light. Yeah. There's something, there's something about, um, definitely culture oftentimes other uh, lagers and ales that do have that. Like there's still some hop flavors, but it's nothing near obviously a paleo or an IPA and the malt is there too, but it's, it's this very like delicate sort of pillowy experience in general. And I, man, I'm I'm a sucker for it. What do you think it is? Like 95 out today, 99, somewhere in there. I think ninety
1: nine, ninety seven is the cool, high today. Yeah, cool it's cooled off. <laughs> yeah. It's That's it's horrible. much cooler than it has been.
0: Um, this is great, man. I, if it were like it were last week at like 112 out, I'd be worried if I had this outside, it would warm up too fast. Um, it's right. It's kind of weather we're in. But I think for today, this is just perfect. It's so good.
1: Yeah. This is easy drinking. Summer beer at its finest, I, I would say. Like if you're going to reach for something, this is what it should be on a day like today. Yeah can't say it enough super great hot weather beer it's well made and i think this was canned in may i I'm believe
0: not, it was may yeah, okay
1: sure let me see on the can it says 524
0: nice okay yeah i wonder what it would be like a little bit fresher that's only i mean that's only only 2
1: months but still yeah and i mean it was probably transported cold and i know mm-hmm. it's been you know nice and cold where it was sold so yeah. um Definitely it would probably just be a little bit cleaner and a little bit brighter if it was fresh. But I think still with about just like a week shy of two months of age on it, this beer is like still so within the realm of like perfect timing to drink it.
0: Yeah. I want to throw this in like a picnic basket and then take a tandem bike to the top of a shady hill overlooking a valley, spread out a picnic blanket underneath the shade of the tree and like maybe spread out a charcuterie board of like, dried apricots and maybe some crackers and some figs and a little bit of like a really rich cheese or maybe a cheese substitute for you. And then the two of us would just sit there on the hill looking down on the city, sipping this beer with a look, uh, just a cool breeze blowing through our hair. That's what I want to yes. do when I drink this beer. And we'll
1: call it a Nice. Okay, I like that. That's nice.
0: Yeah, um, man. That, but yeah, I really like perfect. this, dude. This is great. You just
1: painted a picture, man. You should be an artist. It's how I feel. I
0: feel like, and this is... My own fault, like I should just spend more time working on beer vocabulary and picking out flavors, but <laughs> I find that my brain tends to be a little bit more um experiential based when I think of you know what i'm what I'm experiencing drinking a beer, and I always want to just describe a scene like that, but I just don't don't very often. I' just like, I'll just try to think of beer words, but i I like doing well, that sometimes
1: that's kind of silly, like you shouldn't stifle your creative voice, man, yeah. If, if you if that's what this beer makes you want to say, that's what you should say. Okay. Then I will do that from I'm You know what? We're going to
0: do that from now on. I'm going to say more things like that.
1: I like it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I'll i be technical and tell you why it's fluffy and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, man, paint me a picture. Take my mind off of the car I'm driving in. Sure. Hopefully not too literally. Right. And uh, take me to the top of that that mountain. Feed me goat cheese. Well, I'm in. Would
0: you paint me a picture of where people can find this in town if they want to and maybe how much it'll cost them?
1: Yeah, I think both of these beers were like right around the five dollar range, like super affordable. Um, maybe six, but okay. uh got both of them at SNS Produce. Sweet. Shout out to Andy. He is a constant wealth of delicious beer, so really love their beer selection. Ran into Jacob Dickman last time I was there. Oh, nice. Double shot. He out. was buying some buying some Hell's Loggers. Uh should be noted these are sixteen ounce cans,
0: not twelve. So if you're mm-hmm. thinking six is pretty pricey, which I still think it kind of is, but five or six, um, is definitely a better value, obviously for a 16 ounce instead of a 12.
1: Yeah. It's cheaper than driving to Portland and get it. Definitely. And, uh, I'd pay six bucks for a pint of this in a bar all day, every day. For sure.
0: Um, that said, if it showed up in Chico in a bar, it would probably cost you like eight or nine. Maybe not nine. Exactly. That's insane. But eight, mm-hmm. eight probably depends on the bar. doesn't it.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, I, let's rate it, dude.
1: Yeah. I like it it's perfect summer beer. Mm-hmm. It's I want to sit in the river with this and just sit in the sunshine. Yeah, this is like a eight seven
0: mm. mm-hmm.
1: This is tremendous. This is, yeah, world class, one of the better Kolsch's I've ever had,
0: which is funny because it's not technically a Kolsch. Maybe maybe those folks in fifteen sixteen were being a little bit snooty, you know, but maybe the fact they call it the purity law, I get it, but like get off your high horse, you guys. It's beer,
1: you know, yeah, also, like, <laughs> not the best look for like Germans to be passing purity laws just saying sure sure maybe yeah <laughs> yep
0: um I'm going with a nine dude I think it's really good I would drink this again I'm stoked this is the beer kicking off the show I feel even more embarrassed that I forgot that we drank Wayfinder a year ago because I was really jazzed but I liked this one uh, at least as numbers go slightly more than I liked um, the cold IPA from
1: last year nice that's very cool man that's a huge huge score from both of us this is some something. I mean, very rarely do beers both both of us get over like an 8.5. Yeah. This is a real special beer. This is one that I think is going to be well-suited to any summer adventuring. And uh, if you like it, you should get your hands on it. Yeah. You got anything else on this beer? I think I'm good, man. I definitely am going to drink the whole pint. That's all I'm going to say. So anything from you? No, I feel good about it. All right. So you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. You get a chance to try Collapse. We want to know what you think. Please reach out let us know any of our social medias or FHC at gmail.com or find us on Apple podcasts where you can listen to our second beer review. In the meantime, here's a trailer for this week's movie, black widow. Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes and a lot of enemies. He's called Signs Taskmaster.
0: He controls the Red Room. They're manipulated. Fully conscious, but no choices. I should have come back for you. How many others are there?
1: Enough. We have to go back to where it all started.
0: So they never do that to anyone again. We're a family. We fight with you.
1: You won't win. I've always found it best. Not to look into the past.
0: Okay, you got a plan or shall I just stay dug and cover? My
1: plan was to drive us away.
0: Well, your plan sucks.
1: We all have to choose between what the world wants you to be, and who you are. I made my choice. I'm done running.
0: In the immediate aftermath of the events of Captain America Civil War, Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger.
1: This movie was directed by Kate Shortland. She directed Lore in 2012 and Berlin Syndrome in 2017. It was written by, is that Jacques or Jock? Jock, your, your guess is as good as mine. I'm, I would, I wrote in my brain when I typed that, I heard Jack, but well, no, I think I it's can't Jack. Tell if Jack. Jack, Jack Schaefer yeah. and Ned Benson. Uh, it stars Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, aka the titular Black Widow, Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, David Harbour as Alexei Shostakov, aka the Red Guardian, aka the Crimson Catastrophe. Yeah. Rachel Weiss as Melina Vostovkov. Vostokov, Ray Winstone as Drekov. It was released on July 9th of this year, and it is on Disney Plus to watch behind a paywall as well as in theaters, obviously, behind a paywall of a ticket. It runs two hours and 14 minutes long.
0: Yeah, I think we should unpack some of those characters that you listed very briefly. Um, Florence Pugh, who we both love. By the way, I swear to you, there's a Midsummer nod in the beginning of this movie. Uh, we can talk about that later. But Florence Pugh, like you said, plays Yelena Belova. She was Natasha's sort of sister growing up, but these people are all spies. David Harbour plays her father, kind of, and Rachel Weisz is the mother. But they're all sort of undercover in Ohio, working for the Russian government as sort of sleeper cells for this project that we don't know much about. And then Ray Winstone, mm-hmm. like you said, as Dreykov, is is this evil rich guy who is sort of in charge of what they call the Red Room, which is this Russian uh, network that, you know, takes little girls from their parents and then sort of brainwashes them into becoming lethal weapons, basically.
1: Yeah. Um, Crazy super spy assassins.
0: Yeah. and, And I don't know how much time we need to spend tying this into the greater MCU. I think some- table dressing should be made here. So like I said in the intro, it's the immediate aftermath of Captain America Civil War. That is when the Sokovia Accords have happened because there was the bombing of the embassy and like the King of Wakanda has died. And now Natasha is on the run. Uh, Captain America is kind of off doing his thing. So that's kind of where this picks up. And there's plenty of like Marvel nuggets in here to make sure that we know that we are still watching something in the MCU. They definitely don't want us to forget that. Um, So getting going in this conversation, sir, I kind of want to know, like there's, I remember when I saw the, the, the first Spider-Man movie that came out after the events of Endgame, where Tony Stark is dead. Like that movie was so bloated with like Tony Stark ness And it's just like, Tony's dead. It's so sad. Everything's sad. Avengers, Avengers, but they were trying to make it its own thing. And I kind of want to know, and we can talk about the timeline with which this film was released uh, because of the COVID thing. It was supposed to come out a long time ago, but did it feel like a standalone movie to you, or could it stand on its own, or do you think it's if you don't see if you if you have to see the rest of the Marvel stuff first?
1: Yeah, so there was a lot of like mentions of the Avengers as Romanoff's like other family, kind of the one that she left her real family for. But I feel like this kind of could stand on its own. I don't think you need to see all of the other movies to really get the feel of this one. I mean, there was some stuff with. Uh, David Harbour's character Mm -hmm. comparing himself to Captain America. So I think a tertiary knowledge of the Marvel construct, comic book universe, Marvel's a construct, (laughs) man. Um, No, just a surface knowledge would be sufficient. But this stands on its own. It's got a self-contained storyline. There's no to be continued. There's no what came before that's vital. Uh, it's all it's all in a, a tight one movie package, so I think you'd be good just going in. Okay, so then just your your general thoughts. What do you think of Black Widow? My thoughts. Well, I was surprised in a lot of ways at this movie. It was one of the more dark kind of storylines that we've seen from a Marvel movie, which added it could have gotten really too dark and and heavy and and weighty, but I think somehow they managed to have one of the darkest storylines and subject matter and also like make it one of the funnier Marvel movies in a, a, stroke of directing prowess perhaps or writing. Uh, it really just kind of worked. There was a lot of silly jokes. There was some really good, well-written jokes. Um, but overall I thought they balanced the, the, the levity and the brevity and the, the heaviness and the, the lightness well. So I think overall it was entertaining. It had a pretty good plot. It had fun characters and you had in particular David Harbour and Rachel Weiss adding like legitimate acting ability. Not that Scarlett Johansson isn't a great actress, but when you get Florence Pugh, David Harbour and Rachel Weiss, like those are some a of the a list actors like, uh, Rachel Weiss added a lot. To this movie for me. Uh, there were parts of it where I maybe didn't, some of it wasn't as believable as other parts, but I think the credibility of acting and the quality of acting was elevated from a lot of the other Marvel comic movies. <laughs> and uh, I can't say it enough. Florence Pugh stole absolutely every scene she was in, in this movie. And I loved it. I was so here for it. She's my favorite. And I hope they do something more with that character. We'll talk more about that in The Danger Zone. But uh, overall, I laughed. It was a good time. It was action-packed. It had some feels in it. Uh, It was a pretty good balance of, of the emotional and the action and all that fun stuff. So I think it had a little bit of everything you want. I mean, yeah, it was kind of formulaic to the Marvel comic book universe. The whole plot with variations felt formulaic, but overall i i liked it I, it entertained me and uh it was better than i thought it was going to be i'll put it that
0: yeah i think so i actually thought when when we first started seeing this advertised a year ago maybe even longer i i you know like end game was done my investment in the mcu as far as i was concerned was basically seen through and in addition to that i didn't think it was going to be great and then i started hearing things a little bit like people like you know what it was pretty good, so I kind of went in with decent expectations, and I think they were met. I wasn't expecting a world-changing type movie, obviously. Um, I was expecting a lot of what you just described. I think where you and I might differ is the tonal balances that they 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 or the tonal stance that they took. <laughs> like, yeah, because like you're saying, there is this. It's this really. There's a lot of weight to this plot. Like, it, it is very dark. It's about this secret Russian organization that steals children and kills a lot of them. And, and turns the other ones into basically uh, little super soldiers that have to go commit assassinations all over the globe. That's very dark. Um, super dark. Montage in the beginning set to uh, a Nirvana song that really digs in its heels for like, this is what we're doing. And then there's this theme of family, but you do have David Harbour, who is comedically very good whenever he wants to be. And even Florence Pugh is that way. And, and Rachel Weisz can be funny. And obviously Scarlett Johansson has some good humor chops also. And it's just, I had a hard time sort of, deciding how I wanted to feel during it. Cause like there are some really funny moments, but then immediately, almost immediately, it's just like, okay, now we're back to this really intense stuff. And to some extent I was feeling like it needed to pick a lane. Um, I agree with you Florence Pugh destroys everything that she's in. She's like, yeah, this is, I'm just doing my thing. She really, I love, she just did this little thing where every time she wasn't actually mid fight, Everything had some like, like real tired, like she would grunt when she would like get up and like move in a body, like, okay. And she was like making fun of Scarlett Johansson for like her superhero poses. Like that sort of self-awareness is very funny to me. Um, as the, the, the movie's self-awareness of like the goofiness of the superhero landing kind of stuff. Um, and like, you know, I'm here for a James Bondy kind of spy movie. That's, that's fun to me. Like there were giant set pieces. The action was fun. Um, the story was a bit predictable. That's fine. I think it's, it's like middle tier Marvel for me. It's, it's certainly miles better than Thor, the dark world, but it's no Ragnarok. Yeah, absolutely. you know, I'm medium on it. It was fun. It was, I went to see it at um, 11 AM on a Wednesday and I had my little pretzel bites that I dipped in nacho cheese and there were two people, six rows behind me and one person, a couple rows in front. Nobody spoke. It was a lovely, hot middle of July sort of movie experience. It was great. Not the movie, but the experience. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> we're right on Yeah the one thing I was curious about Was like whether or not I would be able to invest Because kind of like you said Marvel's been I don't know if played out Is the right word But kind of it feels like that To me a little bit Like we've been there We've done it We've seen it Like what is this movie Going to bring That's new to the table You know And there there was definitely Some new characters That were introduced And in a little bit of newness um, But you know Knowing what we know About Black Widow In the events of Avengers Endgame Right that, like, this was definitely Black Widow's send-off. So, yeah, I was curious if I was going to be able to get into it, and I I did. And I was pleased that I did. I was skeptical, because I wasn't super jazzed to see this at first. Yeah. Um, but But once we got into it and started enjoying it, yeah, if you just, you know, keep your expectations low and kind of just, like we've talked about the last few weeks, just go into a movie like with your expectations at zero and yeah. see what happens and just let the movie happen to you. I think it, it did a good job entertaining me and that's really all I can ask out of any Marvel movie.
0: Yeah, totally. T- to your point, like the stakes are a little bit different. Cause, cause again, that's like, we know what happens with this character's storyline, um, which sort of does deflate what otherwise might've been really intense moments. Like there's a, there's something blowing up and we're supposed to, I guess in some sense, be like, what if she gets hurt or dies? And we're like, well, she's not gonna, we know that. Um, I think there's okay stakes around sort of the other characters in, in her vicinity. Most of the time, like, I don't know what's happening to them. So maybe, um, pacing wise, I mean, it's a two hour and 15 minute movie, which is not a surprise for a Marvel film, obviously, but like there's some, there's some portions that drag a bit. There's a particular scene, uh, or, or longer than a scene, many scenes on a, on a farm. I'll just say that. And like that, that's also where I get most of my tonal issues is like in that sort of nebulous of time that takes place there um but yeah like you're saying overall fine like keep your expectations close to zero and see where the movie takes you and go from there
1: yeah exactly and
0: i think i liked where it took me well that's great news i want to know uh how that liking where it takes you translates out of 10 yeah for me this movie out of 10 it's like a 7-2 7.2 for Black Widow. For me, yeah, I think it's a six. It's like totally totally fine Marvel. I've got no real cinematic complaints, so six is fine, 7.2. For you, you got anything else on Black Widow or should we get a move on? I think I'm there, man. Okay, then once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Black Widow, like we said, is available now in theaters or on Disney Plus if you want to pay the extra 30 bucks to watch it at home? You you can if you want. If you get a chance to see it either way and you have thoughts of your own, find us on social media at FreshHopCinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com.
1: Or head over to the old website, freshhopcinema.com for full film reviews, beer reviews, and podcast episodes going all the way back to 2016. To our listeners on KZFR, full-length version of today's conversation will be available tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., wherever you listen to podcasts. And to all of our podcast listeners...
0: We'll be right back to talk spoilers for Black Widow in the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger
1: Zone. zone. Ah. Danger Zone. Danger Zone.
0: Welcome to the danger zone. It's the part of, I don't like how nasally I say that every time. I get so excited. Welcome go, to danger the danger zone. zone. Welcome, welcome to the danger zone, everybody. Welcome to the danger zone. <laughs> That's the part of the show where we spoil this film like we've all just seen it. Um, or at the very least, we're not concerned if you haven't seen it. So we might set the scene if the scene needs setting. But for for the most part, we're going to talk about Black Widow uh, as if we've all seen it. So, Johnny, where do you want to pick up? I don't know really how much we have to say. How do, how do you feel about sort of the, the grand scheme of how everything plays out with, with Drekov and, and all the Black Widows across the globe. Before you answer, sir, I guess it should probably be no... This is, this is a weird shout out. It's both a complaint and a shout out, but I suppose the show must go on. So do you want to shout out our friend? Yeah. <laughs> shout out to
1: Brandon Duran. <laughs> and patron. <laughs> and patron. Yeah. He's outside of my house right now doing his profession. Yeah. You should specify because uh, you never know yeah. what that could mean. That's true. Yeah, he owns his own landscaping company, and I am a client. A patron, uh, if you will. I'm his patron. We we support <laughs> each other. We just throw money at each other back and forth yeah. forever. So, yeah, if you're hearing it, that's him outside. So, hi, Brandon. Yeah, all right. Sweet. Um, yeah. And if, if we're done while he's still here, I'm going to
0: go crush a beer with him in the yard. Love it. Okay. So to my question, sir, the, the sort of the big, the big thing is like, that's where the red room has been all along. It's in the sky. And that's why I don't understand how this works, but like, I guess all of the government agencies don't have the ability to find it. Cause it's in the clouds, which doesn't check out to me, but whatever, fine. He's in the sky. We find out they go, <laughs> turns out he's got Dreykov does black widows across the globe and he can sway the tides of humanity with the click of a button, whatever. And then, and they can't hit him because he smells good. Right. So whatever. Those those are all the rules. How do you feel about how it all played out?
1: You know, it was definitely a suspension of disbelief has to happen to buy that that giant fortress that's like the size of a city is just floating around in the atmosphere. Yeah. And controlling all the governments. But, you know, it's a Marvel movie. Whatever. You know, you kind of have to just say whatever. Uh, I thought the... The mid-air fight scene could have gone way longer, mm-hmm. but it was really cool. I was super here for that.
0: I was. Uh, I, I don't get why. So, like, you're talking about the very final one where they're, like, falling to the ground, yeah? Yeah. Then, like, there's, like, these three henchmen. Like, the, the whole thing's exploding at this point. There's, like, these three henchmen that are getting destroyed in the air. And they're, for some reason, their main goal is, like, still try to shoot at these people falling in a plane. It's like, how much are you guys getting paid that that's your thing? Like, you don't even have parachutes, is not it? You're just like, I'm going to shoot them. And then you're dead. Why do I do this, dumb henchman? What's wrong with you?
1: Yep. Trying to go down in a blaze of glory. Um, Thoughts on Ray Winstone?
0: Maybe they're mind controlled too. I was just thinking that. They probably are. But uh, by by Ray Winstone's character,
1: Dreykov, what do you think of, of that casting choice? He was an excellent casting choice, dude. He was so yucky. Yeah. Yeah. He was so gross. Just the way he talked to everyone and like got in everyone's personal space. It was so like just icky, like gross, man.
0: Yeah. Do you know him from anything besides The Departed? No, maybe. I, I don't know that I do. I think, like, it's him. He's like, I think he plays, um, like, Mr. French or Frenchie or something. I think it's Frenchie in that movie. And he's great at that. He's great at being, like, sort of a, a slippery kind of skis ball. So, sure, it works in here. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got one of those faces. I feel like I've seen him in other stuff, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really come to mind. So. Cannot confirm or deny any other roles I know him from. He's done a lot of TV um, work. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like that scene. Um, I, I just love Florence Pugh. I At one point, I leaned over to Shalina and said, so she can do whatever she wants yeah, pretty forever. much across the board, yeah. right? Like She's just like, I'm going to take this role in a superhero movie and be amazing and be way better than Scarlett Johansson, and I wish the whole movie was about her.
0: Yeah, which is not to say Scarlett Johansson's bad. She's very good at this. But then you have no, she was like, Florence Pugh comes in, it's like, it's, it's like some next level.
1: She's great. She's great. She is great, yeah. And there are rumors that that post-credit scene is going to segue into a Disney Plus show for Florence Pugh.
0: Yeah, you want to unpack that scene real quick? I think that's probably worth doing because some people, even those that have seen the movie, might not have stayed for that. And I think we should probably
1: figure that out. Yeah. So at the end, Florence Pugh uh, actually goes to Natasha Romanoff's grave and she has a dog, which is exciting because in the movie she said mm-hmm. she always wanted a dog. We're two years so in the, the future. It. She's she this is after now. We're at now we're after endgame. Just to be it's not like yeah. a fake grave or something. Exactly. Okay. And she's there like paying her respects and at the headstone. And then what's her what's her name? Oh God. Help me. Oh Veep. I, Elaine.
0: Yeah, I don't know her name.
1: Um I'll find out. Oh, Man, anyways, I'm on it. Uh, Yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus shows up, and she's obviously uh, Florence Pugh's boss of some sort, and she's there to like give her her next assignment. And I'm not—you can't tell whether she's like an assassin, or I'm assuming she's still an assassin. I'm not sure if she's like working for Shield. It's vague, but it would make sense for a Disney Plus show if she is working for Shield. Um, But the target on the iPad that they give. Uh, that she gives her is hawkeye right and she basically says do you want to take out the person that's responsible for your sister's death and so fade to black so yeah
0: i want to really quickly um the character if i remember right is somebody that showed up in i think it was the falcon and the winter soldier she her name is uh i'm looking it up real quick but it's uh yeah, Valentina Allegra De La Fontaine. She's the one that that sort of recruited the Did you watch I can't remember. I don't think you did, right? Falcon and the Winter Soldier? No. Well, there's like a Captain America replacement named John Walker and she's the one that kind of recruits him. She's not okay. She's not the most trustworthy character, it's clear.
1: Okay. See, I Wait. So she, does she work for Shield or do you do we have background on her at all? I don't think so. At least, okay. at least
0: if you only, I'm sure the comics do obviously, but, but I don't think that's been explained in the, in the cinematic universe.
1: Okay. Well, how here for it are you, if there is a Disney plus show with Florence Pugh?
0: Oh, watch it. I mean, sure. Like, yeah, it's, it, I would be if in the rankings of like, um, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and in an unnamed show that stars Florence Pugh, I'd put the Florence Pugh show near the top.
1: Yeah. Just Have you watched
0: Loki at all? Yeah, I started it. I haven't gotten through it yet because I started Peaky Blinders. But yes, it's good, okay. I think. Nice. Not positive.
1: I need to check that out. That's one of the ones. Like, I wasn't super into watching WandaVision, not super into the Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, I like the character of Loki. I like Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. His, Hiddleston? Hiddleston? You Tom know. Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Tom. Yeah, Tom. I like Tom. Tommy boy. Tom's great. Different guy. Yeah. And I love his character as, you know of Loki. So I'm, I really need to get around to starting that. I'm going to try soon.
0: Yeah. I will say I would endorse the couple episodes I've seen. Like Loki's always felt a little bit intangible when it comes to sort of his, his more human, you know, notwithstanding that he's a God, but like, you know, his more human sort of side, like you don't really get to know him all that well until maybe Ragnarok. Um, Totally. And this, you spend a lot of time with him and you sort of get to the core of sort of who he is and like what motivates him. And there's, there's a ton of time stuff. So obviously I'm into that. Um, yeah, I, I would check it out, man. I'd love to hear your thoughts if you do get around to it. Okay.
1: Okay. sounds good. I'm definitely going to put that towards the top of the list because that's always good to have a show like that because Shalina's not super into Mar- uh, Marvel stuff. Yeah. So that's when I can just put on like on my lunch breaks on the phone oh, sweet. and check it out. So. Yeah. Um, so overall, would you recommend this movie? Like I know some of the tonal stuff kind of took you out of it, I think, a little bit more than me. I, for sure, have already recommended it. I thought it was really fun. Do you think it was good enough to recommend, or would you just say, meh, watch something else?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'd recommend it if you're in the mood for this kind of movie. I, I think it's it's a really good representation of what a Marvel movie can be, especially one about a standalone sort of person. Um, but yeah, And not necessarily that the tonal stuff took me out of it. Um, it did just sort of weaken it as a film. I think they should have chosen a little bit more specifically. Um, but I still think it was good. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say see Black Widow. Um, it's like I said, middle, probably middle of the road, Marvel stuff, maybe, maybe just above middle of the road.
1: Okay. That's fair. I think I would agree with that. I think one of the better like standalone movies, and it was nice to see a standalone movie that wasn't an origin story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I was really glad for that too. I was like, I don't necessarily, and they kind of did as close to an origin story as you can without making it a blatant origin story. Like we do get a pretty long prologue of her as a kid. So to some yeah. extent it's origin-y, um, but yeah, a I mean, little. it keeps us in the modern day for the most part, which I appreciated.
1: Yeah. Not in like the traditional sense of some origin stories where it's like deep, you know? Yeah. Because like, you have such an established character as of Black Widow that you didn't need to go like super deep, which was cool.
0: Yeah. Do you have a, a list anywhere of your Marvel films ranked? No. Okay. I, I do. I'd be curious to see yours because I bet you we've got some overlap, especially towards the top. But um,
1: yeah, I'm looking know, at like Rag- Ragnarok's up there.
0: Yeah. It might be one or two for me. My top three are uh, Ragnarok, Black Panther and Infinity
1: War. I feel like we've done this. I do. I feel, I, like, I feel
0: like that too, actually, now that we're doing it.
1: Yeah. Like this has been like a bonus content or something. I know you ranked Marvel movies when Big Bald was on the show.
0: Yeah. And that was, I think. That might have been for Infinity War. So we've had maybe five or six since then, which is wild.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, what else do you want to talk about with this movie? Anything? I don't think so. I don't think anything else really stood out. I mean, I could just talk about how amazing Florence Pugh is all day, but that would be boring. So no, I think I'm good to put the Black Widow to bed or to the grave, whatever you want to stick
0: it back up in its little web. Exactly. Okay, um, again, yeah, if you guys see it, let us know what you think. You know all the spots, so reach out. We'd like to hear your thoughts. In the meantime, my glass is empty, and and, and my, my glass is empty, and my mouth is thirsty. So beer number two, sir? That's right. All right, then. What are What is beer number two, sir? Hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, hell. Beer is hell. Yeah. Can you tell me more? Oh, you want more? Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a hell's lager called hell from wayfinder it's 4.9 percent from their website this is going to be crisp light refreshing brilliantly ever effervescent with a floral noble hop aroma this beer was a 2019 gabf medal winner and the 2019 oregon beer of the year it's a new school beer award which i don't know what that means but it sounds friggin' awesome yeah i should jump in and say that it is hellas lager is it
0: yeah it's more fun to say hells. It is, but you're already getting to say hell in the title of it. So, you know.
1: Hell, the hell's lager.
0: Yeah, we actually, I don't know why it sounds so familiar, but I'm pretty sure we did a hell's lager recently and we talked about the origins of the style. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could remember what that was because I remember doing some research, but it does—it also means pale in color. So that's
1: kind of the, the deal. A hell's lager is there a pale hear. lager.
0: This one's the called important hell. thing
1: the important thing is just for everyone out there listening to know that Max at some point has in fact done research and that's all that matters. That is all that matters.
0: I, so yeah. far, It's the second week in a row where like I've called you out on saying something that I you said Event Horizon last week. <laughs> which I loved. Uh I stand by that. I yeah uh, I know we we hashed it out. Go listen to that episode. That was a good episode by the way. I stand by it. It's Event Horizon. Event horizon and this is hella hella beard. Maybe it's just hell. It's just hell. It's just hell man. There's no e. Describe the can sir.
1: Oh, so you've got like a chrome can with black like gothic lettering with like a uh, like a blackwork skull with like a dragon wing. There's a sword. There's a like a sun not sundial a sand an hourglass. What is what hourglass a sand dial a sand dial? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know that looks like it's on fire. Like really clean, cool artwork. Like super metal, very edgy like just eye-catching it's shiny it looks evil like just sitting at my desk here these two cans are some of like the sharpest cleanest cans next to each other like their color scheme yeah kind of even vibes they're all like this like pale yellow with like black work and silver it's really nice man they've got a great aesthetic theme uh going or just an aesthetic which is a sure i really like the gold tops I didn't even realize that the tops were gold. That's radical.
0: Yeah, underappreciated. Like I said, I think it's cool. Yeah.
1: One thing that I really appreciate about this brewery, if you look on the back of their cans, they specify what kind of glass you should drink their spear out of. Yeah. five different glass styles, and they put a big check mark on the one that's appropriate for the style, and I think that's absolutely radical. Do you think it's radical enough that you actually are doing it? Uh, I'm drinking this uh, out of my customary mason jar.
0: You got to stop that. That's not on anybody's recommended list. Why are you doing that? You have so many, you have like the most tasting glasses of anybody I've ever met in my life. You literally have like shelves full of them. And you're going Mm -hmm. mason jar?
1: Yeah. Why? I like it. Okay, why? It just feels good in my hand. It's got a nice wide mouth so you can smell as much as possible. Uh, Like because I like getting a full nose on the aroma. I like getting my nose into the glass when I drink pretty much anything hoppy or even like especially light beers too. It's just nice to have something you can get your nose all the way into. So I feel like it makes it taste better. I like the way it feels in my hand. I like the weight of it. Uh, And I think beer tastes better when you're drinking out of a vessel that you enjoy. Yeah. Also to your
0: defense, which I'm not sure why I'm jumping to it, but but out of these five glass options on the can, the one that is selected is, which looks almost like a mug. It's like one of those, like a short chubby Stein almost, is the closest one to a mason jar. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Just wondering. I'm also not. I'm using a tulip glass, but that's just because I grabbed it. Didn't know the recommendation was on the can.
1: Yeah, that's fair. It's not... I've never seen that before. So big ups to Wayfinder for doing that. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Because I know a lot of people maybe don't know that or maybe don't put thought into what they drink out of, which is fine. I mean, as long as you're drinking good beer, like a normal pint glass is probably going to be okay, but... There's obviously like levels to everything just like you can amplify the experience. So it's really yeah. fun that they they provide that little tidbit of beer knowledge in like a super not douchey way. like it's very discreetly placed on the can like I noticed it after I poured the second beer. so it's yeah it's not in your face at all, but it's uh it's fun. It's a little little peppering in of beer knowledge. I dig that. We'd all agree though get it out of the can. whatever your craft beer
0: you are drinking, just get it out of get it out of that can first put it in a glass. you know?
1: Absolutely, Absolutely. It,
0: it's your first time trying it. More than anything, like I'll, I'll I'll drink any number of Sierra Nevada beers or any beers that I've had regularly that I love. But like maybe I'm taking somewhere for an activity. Like you can drink that out of the glass. But like a brand new beer, if you're tasting a beer and you just want to taste, it, like get it out of there. You know.
1: Well, yeah, especially for us, like we're we're drinking these beers not only for pleasure. We're we're looking at them trying to get some you feedback know, criti- critically and and somewhat professionally. So it's important for us to get, you know, the wide, the widest possible spectrum of aromas and flavors. And, uh, as you and I know, smell is a huge factor in taste. So it's, it's important to be able to get a big nose full.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of which, have you, have you gotten one yet? I have, I think we both just started drinking it. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Um, yeah. You first, man, it's crisp. Whew. This effort, brilliantly effervescent is uh, spot on. Excuse me. Spot on. You're right. So spot on. <laughs> so effervescent. It's coming it's back out. So, it's so burpy. And I poured it in a glass with a bunch of head. Like, man, it is so crispy and like, ref- oh, I'm... I'm using these words, and I'm realizing they're just on the description, and it's embarrassing. I know. I was going to say,
0: like, you got to give me a little more than that. I'm not going to nitpick, but, like, you just keep saying crispy and effervescent, which is true. But also, yeah, they told us that.
1: No, you get this subtle backbone of hops uh, in a way that it's present, but it's not adding body. Like a lot of of lagers and like German style beers made in America have a a tendency to make you feel like they're going to bog you down, like get heavy. Uh, Even if they're not heavy in your mouth, like they have a feeling of heaviness that goes with them after drinking one or two. Uh Uh, A couple of breweries for me stand out that don't have that, that really just pull off like the lager lightness. That is Ennegrin. And also like Wayfinder now, those are two breweries just on the West Coast that are absolutely crushing light beer and making it crushable. Yeah, this is, it's, like I said, just enough hoppiness, but it's still so light. I mean, this is, this is a craft lager. This is an elevated backyard barbecue beer, barbecue beer. BB, BBQB. The BBQB. Sure. Man. Absolutely. That's that's what this is. They've taken that and they've pushed it to the next level. They've made it craft. They've introduced a hot profile, but you don't get any added heaviness. It has the lightness of like, dare I say, like a Bud Light or something that you would drink when it's 112 and you're at a barbecue and there's nothing else there. It has that lightness and that relaxing drinkability easily, easily drink this outside and not feel bogged down. Uh, like they should make this and, and sell it in a 30 pack. Cause I would buy it for sure. Yeah. I was going to say it reminds you of, yeah, like a, a, a macro lager, but tastes
0: way better. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, man, I like it quite a bit. I've had now several drinks and smells and, and looks and all that jazz. There's a sweetness uh, on the nose that if I may be so bold, uh, calling back to what I've done earlier now, um, it's, it's reminiscent almost of like, like a, like a fresh, Loaf of sourdough bread drizzled with just the littlest bit of honey, and you're just like you're scraping the plate with the crust, and you're getting like it's almost mm. like a warm sourdough. and You've got this honey that's kind of just adding this all this like really sort of sweet and almost oversweet, but not quite. And there's also like some strawberry vibes going on. You got the honey on the nose, maybe even some dandelions. It makes you feel like a warm summer breeze, kind of. And yeah. I'm with you on the effervescence. Like it's to me, it's less carbonated than the first beer, and and it, it almost makes me think of like when you pour a coca-cola right into an ice filled glass and there's that little there's that right on the top layer if you put like right when you bring it up to your mouth it's kind of like little little tiny little bugs jumping into your mouth yeah <laughs> not tickling the nose But yeah you got those little like prickly um carbonation bomb that kind of hits your lip right before you drink it's like that kind of activity and that that type of enthusiasm in the carbonation in this beer you know what i mean
1: why is it spicy?
0: It's really good, man. Like this is the really nice. It's a little on the sweet side. I think I would prefer something closer to that cold style ale if I mm-hmm. had to pick between the two. Again, this is 0.2% ABV stronger. So, so base effectively nothing, um, unless you're drinking a hundred, which I assume that would add up. But, um, yeah, for the, the same level of alcohol, I think I prefer the first one. Um, but this is also really good and it feels somehow even more summery in a way.
1: Yeah, definitely it does. It has a familiar familiar drinkability. So I'm saying, I was trying to encapsulate that earlier when I was saying like it's just got that comfortable flavor. Like this feels very safe. It feels yeah. it but not in like a cop out. This beer is like safe. You know, what I mean? it's like no, it's like safe and warm and cozy like this is this beer is like a, a pair of your favorite summer shorts that fit perfect. The length just fits your body just right. Like it's just, they fit like a pair of gloves. There's that scene in The Dark Knight Rises that Alfred
0: has talked about that one day he'll see Bruce Wayne sitting across from him in a cafe and they'll look at each other and not say anything, but they will just see that they are safe. And he gets to see that Bruce Wayne is finally doing well and doesn't have to be Batman. There's that sense of security and familiarity that bringing this beer to one's mouth evokes. We might have to quit the show. That's the best (laughs)
1: sentence you've ever said
0: about a beer. Can I, this is is never going to happen. We'll forget about this the moment we stop recording, but I think we should make an effort to tie in the experiences of drinking beer to a film.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to like get experiential with beers, like to uh, correlate them with scenes in movies that breed familiar and similar feelings. I think that's a good, that's a
0: good, that's a good move.
1: We should do that. Yeah. It feels marketable to me. And we should definitely talk about it a lot on the podcast on before sure. we do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, that's how we roll. We're just yeah, regular yeah.
0: guys drinking
1: beer and having fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is good, man. I dig this beer quite a bit. Me too. Um, man. Well, what these don't... beers
1: are just, they're fun to drink. This, yeah. These beers are just fun. Like, I loved the first one. I drank the whole can. I'm halfway through this one. They're just pleasant. They're very enjoyable. Um Two highly recommended beers. Uh, I agree. I think I like the first one a little bit better. Okay. That sweetness would get to me. I would rather have two cans of Collapse than two cans of Hell, mm-hmm. but um, not going to not crush Hell, you know? Right. So, yeah, they're both really good, but I think I'm going to have to rate Hell just lower slightly than Collapse.
0: Now, is it is it just a one-to-one comparison, or are you saying there are things objectively that you don't
1: like in Hell? Uh, I mean, objectively, I think the thing that's really, the, the thing I like the least about Mm -hmm. this beer is that sweetness, Yep, same, uh, I would like more dryness and, but lagers sometimes are a little sweet. They can be, it's not out of pocket, so I can't fault it too much. But when I just had a, a uh, style ale that really hit all the nails on the head, it's hard for me not to do a one versus one comparison. Um, objectively if the spear was a bit drier and a little bit less sweet i probably would like it more than collapse but mm-hmm. either way i love them both they're both really good i mean this is an eight six yeah i i
0: do think uh, eight six that's the first time you said that sorry yes very good rating um i think that the sweetness is par for the course of a hellas lager. So I'm not going to hold that against it stylistically, but I am going to hold it against it personally. Um, Cause I'm right there with you. <laughs> like, like, you know, I just prefer something like you're saying a little bit drier and a little bit, uh, cleaner of a finish with, with less of that sort of that honey taste is really, especially as it's warming up a little bit, definitely becoming front and center.
1: Oh, what was, uh, Oh God. I was just watching Tropic Thunder and in Ben Stiller's, intro you know how they all have like movie trailers yeah, yeah, yeah. to like tug speedman or whatever tug speedman like yeah, yeah. one of his was like what was the movie it was like hell Free, yeah or, like called, inferno it's,
0: it, no it's called scorched um
1: oh man scorcher
0: yeah scorcher that's what it is scorcher
1: yeah and one of them was like scorcher too uh-huh. this time it's personal <laughs> that's what he made me think of yeah but, like i am gonna hold it against this beer personally did you did you get all the way through tropic thunder did you like put it on and watch the whole thing yeah that's actually part of my uh hot and bothered
0: Oh, sweet. Yeah. I, you know, I watched that a lot in high school and then I threw it on. Um, well, I guess we'll talk about it when we get there for me. Yeah. Hell, the Hellas lager is a seven. I think it's very good. Um, if given the choice and again, it's hard, like you were saying, not to compare them directly because we've drank them both today from the same brewery. So I would, I would gravitate towards the first one. I think this is very good. Um, and I'm going to finish mine as well. So seven for me, 8.6 for you. That's hell, uh, from wayfinder beer out of Portland you can get it for sure here in Chico at SNS, probably other places, definitely in Portland. And if you do, tell us what you think. We want to hear it. Maybe you try them both. Maybe you're drinking along while we do this episode. Let us know what you think. And I think that
1: brings us to the end of our beer segment. Am I correct? You are correct. Two excellent light offerings from Wayfinder Brewing. Thanks for the amazing beers. You want to go hot and bothered? Let's do it. Hot and
0: bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered if you've never heard the show before. That's the part of the show where Johnny and I don't necessarily have to talk about beer and movies, though we often end up doing just that. But it's mostly us catching up on our weeks and talking about things that have us really excited or sometimes bummed out, aka hot and or bothered. So you want to go first? You want me to go first? Why don't you just tell me? Uh, You go first. Okay. I rode a jet ski for the first time in my life. Bro, how was it? It was great. I'd ridden one in tandem with somebody before, which is not nearly as cool of a
1: feeling. Were you a jet ski passenger?
0: Yeah, and I was like 14, and I rode on the back of a jet ski, promptly was thrown off, almost drowned. It was not a good experience. Part of the reason I've never ridden one since, but I okay. played a show in Lake Tahoe this past weekend, and the people who hired us had a private beach with jet skis. And oh, well, look at you. I know. And some people were still off doing an activity, and others were home, and the show was kind of getting pushed back into the evening. And I'm sitting out there on this dock talking to one of them, And I'm seeing the jet ski over his shoulder. And I'm like, hey, man, just out of curiosity, does that jet (laughs) ski? And like, there's no way to ask without just asking. But I tried. I was like, does that jet ski have, does it have gas in it? Does, is there, is it full? And he's like, you are, you wanna ride it? I was like, I super wanna ride it. So I took it out on Lake Tahoe. He was, that's awesome. He was weirdly um, uninterested or unconcerned with the fact that I'd never done it. He was like, well, this is go. And I was like, what's this little trigger? Is this the brake? He's like, no, there's no brakes. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Why would there be, how could there be brakes? Anyways, he's like, just, you know, push the thing to go. And I did. Well, hold
1: on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's it was back a slip of the tongue. I didn't
0: mean to say it. I barely meant to say it now. But again, transparency.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I'm hung up on the fact that
0: skis don't have brakes. That's what I'm saying. I didn't mean to say it. To what him. the fuck? Wait, are you saying you're hung up that they don't or the fact that I would ask why if they did? I didn't know that they don't have brakes. They don't have wheels. Like, there's nothing for there's nothing for a brake pad to. Why don't
1: they have a, a front jet
0: that pushes it the other well, way? To you slow, slow it down. You can throw the jet ski in reverse, but a jet ski, as I have learned, is so um, it's all thrust. Like almost the moment you let off the throttle, it like water creates so much drag. It it's, it stops within it's just like rawr. ten seconds, maybe less. Whoa! Um, and it was kind of a choppy day on the lake, so like I was overconfident. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but like I was going, I was jumping. Like I was yes. catching major. I got the thing going like 45 miles an hour. And like, Sick. I was doing the thing where I would like extend my knees and like bend them. So I would time it with like hitting the water. And one time I extended my knees to, 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 uh, you know, adjust for the jump. And then I was in the air for way longer than I thought. And I was like, am I gonna <laughs> hit, eventually am I going to get back down? And I finally hit. Am um, I flying? It was great. Jet skis are awesome. Everybody That's should dope. ride jet skis all the time. Uh, I've never ridden a jet
1: ski. You I thought they had brakes. It. No, it's, yeah,
0: so did I. It was I'm so stupid. Cause no, like, what are you going to break on? There's nothing. To, yeah. Yeah. Like you um, just let
1: off the throttle and turn real hard. You'll stop.
0: Yeah. So I played the show that night and then the next morning I was up by like six 15. Cause that's, I don't know. We stayed there. They put, they put us up, which was so thoughtful. Um, but you never sleep well if you're not in your own bed kind of thing. Um, yeah. so and like, I didn't want to put them out by like using somebody's shower. It's so like, well, I'll just jump in the lake. and then. I did. It was great. And then lo and behold, that jet ski was still sitting there from the day before. I was like, maybe I'll take this jet ski out again.
1: you <laughs> like, so I'm like going to take a spin. Yeah,
0: like 6.15, jet skiing again. I'm like, it was, it was lovely.
1: That's awesome. I just picture you at 6.15 in the morning with like a sunrise just glistening with it was, the Tahoe mist. I
0: felt like James fucking Bond. It was so cool. I feel like every <laughs> actor who's ever played James Bond rolled into one hairy man on Lake Tahoe. It was awesome. That's really cool, man. That's like the best hot ever. It was good. So let me, I should have saved it for last. I've also been watching Peaky Blinders, which is a show (laughs) on Netflix that you can watch. Anybody can do it. You don't need any training. You can just put it on. I recommend it. We talked about it on Patreon. So either watch Peaky Blinders or join Patreon, possibly both. Uh, And Yeah, you should (laughs) do both. Yeah. And then very lastly, I'm tomorrow. So this will be, if you're listening to this episode, the day it drops, uh, yesterday, I will have gone to Reno to play a weekend at the Pepper Mill with a band. It'll be super fun. Um, if you are hearing this the day it drops and you've got a free weekend, come to Reno. We're gonna be playing um, Friday and Thursday, Friday and Saturday, but Friday and Saturday from uh, eight to midnight. So come on by; it'll be a really good time. And that's
1: all I got for Hot and Bother. Perfect. That's amazing. Uh, I've been a longtime fan of Peaky Blinders. Super stoked that you are watching it. I uh, look forward to catching up with you after a few seasons. Yeah. And uh, maybe chewing the fat about Piggy Blinders a little bit. Sounds great. Um, I see the first thing in your Hot and Bothered, and
0: I don't know who you were rooting for, so I'm not sure if it's a hot or a bothered, but what does Snap Goes the McLeg mean?
1: (laughs) Well, if I was an ESPN writer, that would have been the title of my article for my coverage of the final, well, what we thought was the final fight in the trilogy of Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Um, yeah, snap goes the leg. Uh, Conor McGregor upon deep diving by me, lots of video watching and rewinding and and looking at some articles. Apparently, from what I can tell, and I agree with the theories and the video, he snapped his leg on, cracked his leg I should say, on Dustin Poirier's elbow and then roughly 15 seconds later went to stand on it. It started moving around a little bit and then took a bad step Mm -hmm. and eventually just snapped and uh eventually he was just standing directly on his tibia which was pretty cool so yeah that was like the big thing i did for this last weekend got the fights uh had a big party just me and Shalina. it was dope and enjoyed that whole pay-per-view but that was kind of the the highlight i really i'm a mcgregor fan in the past but like honestly i'm kind of getting tired of his shit uh, I think he's taking a lot of the trash talking a bit too far for what it is. I think there's a, a level of sportsmanship and, and amplifying a fight to make more money for both participants that mm-hmm. is merit. You know, there's merit to it, and it's commendable. But when you start talking about people's families and you're going to, you know, kill them and kill yeah. them in their sleep and all this shit, yeah. it's like, dude, Let's relax,
0: man. come on. God.
1: You're just – it's like looking – it if you're doing that while your leg snapped in half, like it just, it's a sad, sad look, man. Yeah. And, uh, it really just kind of bums me out. So, uh, I was really happy for Dustin Poirier. Uh, it was kind of a bummer of a way for the card to end, but it was a good card overall front to back. So I wasn't mad at all, but, uh, yeah, crazy thing. That was like the craziest thing that happened in my entertainment world this last weekend. Even crazier than classic comedies. Even crazier, but that is what, that is what I've been watching. I, it started July 4th weekend where I had uh, a whole weekend off. I was down, I was dealing with a sinus infection that I should have been medicating, but I wasn't just feeling like crap, wondering why I couldn't get off the couch all 4th of July weekend. It's been like the last two weeks. Um, but that was a time period as well where Shalina was rearranging the house and I was on strict instructions to not involve myself. Yeah. Um, So in doing so, it led me to just start browsing through all the streaming services and just putting things on. Uh, So in the last week, I've watched Super Troopers, Dodgeball, Tropic, Thunder, and one more. I can't remember which one, but those ones for sure. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and Waiting. I rewatched Waiting. What's that? Uh, The movie about the waitstaff with Ryan Reynolds and a bunch of other people. All right. Where they they all work in the restaurant and it's all like uh, it's straight up just comedy about life working in a restaurant. It's like a chain restaurant, like an Applebee's. Gotcha. Um, But it's amazing to watch, and some of those movies have so much nostalgia and rewatchability. They just remind me of like why I love movies in the first place. But then, good God, some of them don't hold up. Like you could not make. I don't know, 80% of the jokes in dodgeball today. Which like, You got any examples? Oh, dude. I mean, it, there was just like so much homophobia and racist shit in it. It's just like, wow. It was shocking looking back. Like you think back to that movie as just being a classic from high school or right, whatever. Right. And then you watch it and you're just like, oh my goodness. there It was like terrible. Like I shouldn't have been laughing at this then. I mean, obviously, it was like a little bit of a different time. It wasn't that long ago. It was just my within a snippet of my lifetime. But it's right. it's amazing to see how some of those classic comedies have aged like wine and some of them have aged like milk. Yep. Um, all the while being entertaining, like as terrible as they are. Um, some of them I won't watch again, that's for sure. But it was really fun just revisiting classic movies and, and just remembering – just the silly entertainment value of movies. I think every year I do that after the Academy Awards push. You kind of mm-hmm. have to just take a step back and just like watch silly movies and remember that this isn't a job. Like, because yeah. the Academy Award season for us feels like a job. You're just like trudging through Best Picture nominations. Oh, I don't so, feel like there... that. You feel like that? Oh, yeah, 100%. I would never watch half the movies we watch during award season. And most of them I like. Don't get me wrong; they're probably all great movies. But if it wasn't for this podcast, it wouldn't. I wouldn't seek them out. But like, that's part of how this show and what we do together pushes me to grow as a moviegoer and as a person to just consume things outside of my normal realm of entertainment. So I love it for that. But one hundred percent, it's work. Like, there's no way around it. That is a slog for me. Uh, it's, it's a slog that I always come out better than on the other side, but in the muck and the mire in the middle of it, I am just exhausted. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. I mean, they're not always like
0: super jovial, fun, like carefree movies, like, like Nomadland and the father and like some really heavy, like emotionally taxing films. Like from that perspective, I agree with you for myself.
1: Yeah, but it's always nice like, you know, when the summer blockbusters start hitting and we just get to watch like yeah. dumb shit just that's fun like cuz that's what's happening and then award season will roll around and like the movies that are going to be up for serious contention come out in like the fall and like early spring, but yeah, that was it for me. It was just a nice palate cleanse to get back to some classic movies and there's such a a, a warm familiarity with watching movies you've seen a bunch of times and and revisiting it unless they're terrible now
0: fair uh all right well if you watch a classic comedy or you watch peaky blinders or you ride a jet ski or you snap your ankle let us know guys we want to hear from you um you can get a hold of us at all of the stuff we mentioned at the top but if you skipped over the top for some reason you know social media at fresh hop cinema email us fhccast at gmail.com if you got a couple bucks to spare a month join us on patreon it's a lot of fun i think johnny thinks so as well and we really are willing to bet our bottom dollar that you will also have fun if you join Johnny Summers, do you have anything else or should we just give some shout outs and get out of here?
1: No, I think that's it, man. This is a good episode. I'm really looking forward to next week's episode where we are covering Zola. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it will be fun. Uh, beers have not been decided, so I can't give you too much of a sneak peek, but that is the movie. So if you want to try and catch that before next Friday, do that so you can listen and uh, maybe be part of the conversation. Yeah. If you don't know about Zola, it's a film that's recently been adapted
0: from a, a pretty infamous uh, string of, I want to say like 148 tweets about this girl's experience diving, this is a very short synopsis, but into the, into the sort of world of sex work via a an acquaintance that kind of becomes a friend, then enemy maybe. Um, and it's only available in theaters, so go see it if you'd like to be uh, up to date with our conversation when we have it. Again, that episode will drop next Friday morning at 7 a.m. This show, Fresh Up Cinema, would not be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi, all of our friends on Patreon, our friends at the Handlebar, definitely without Johnny Summers. And I think that is all of the uh, shout outs that I need to make.
1: Yeah, and obviously the show wouldn't sound as good or be as interesting as it is without Max Benardi. So thanks for all your hard work. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, in that we finish. So guys, remember, drink good beer, watch hopefully good movies, and uh, most importantly, always be good to each other. We love you and we will see you next week. This is is Fresh Hot Cinema.